about our Lord Jesus Christ is he isn't some pie-in-the-sky, by-and-by guy. He came here and he walked among the people. He, he, he laid hands on people. He could be t- seen and touched and, and heard. As a matter of fact, after the resurrection, he could be seen and touched and heard. He ate, you know, I mean, it was, it was crazy, right? And so he's, he's all real all the time, and we're still, therefore, following the Savior named Jesus. And so that's kind of what the passion of the series comes out. That's where the passion for family groups come from. Because quite honestly, if we could just get you to believe in Jesus Christ, have the head knowledge, say the right words in church, and know that you're getting your ticket to heaven, we could just send you home. There's no need to do anything else. But that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is that, that people were journeying together to learn about this new kingdom that he proclaimed and to, to, uh, to follow him into that kingdom. And that's why we then keep doing things like meeting weekly and opening the word together and doing family groups together and uh, doing Sunday, uh, Sunday school studies together our, our Bible studies together, our prayer meetings together, our breakfasts together because there's something about journeying after Christ that doesn't end when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And so I hope that makes some sense. So I have a question as we start this morning. My question is this. Who, who would like to be a save, or <laughs> who would like to be saved? Who would like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Who would like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? See? And, and some of us would be like, oh, I'm not going to raise my, you know, a disciple. But one of the things, that's great because you're all here, <laughs> you know. But um, people might be intimidated. Oh, a disciple, you know. What does that mean, be a disciple of Jesus? And we've been talking over the last few weeks about what that word means, and it's methetes right? And it just means a learner. It means a, a, actually a pupil, someone who is just willing and open to, be, to learn. And, um, and so what we're going to do this morning is uh, we're going to, you all want to be learners. You just said that, right? You want to be learners. So we're going to learn a little Greek today. <laughs> How about that? And so, um, so well, that's not the right thing. Can we go to the next slide? Push that ahead for me. There we go. Here it is, the word we've been talking about for the last three weeks. We'll talk about it from now to eternity, you know, uh, methetes, uh, and that means disciple, right? And this is, this is who you are. This just means you're a learner of Jesus, or you're a learner after anything, but in our, in our case, Jesus Christ. Um, and so we've been talking about that, and, uh, and so there you go. Look at that. Isn't that interesting? And I could, you know, that's Greek, and that looked like amazing. <laughs> So you're all like, what are you talking about? So we're, gonna, so we're talking about being followers of Jesus and, and really learning new things about what it means uh, to learn under him, to sit at his feet and uh, to be his disciple. We're going to open the word today. But before we open the word, we're going to do what we always do, and we're going to pray together. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you for today, uh, today. We thank you for uh, the rains that come, the craziness sometimes that comes with life, but reminds us of things that like we're not in control and, uh, and we just pray, Lord, today that, uh, you know, f- first, we might have heavy hearts for people who are being affected by the storms, affected by the, the storms in the Gulf, affected by the storms of life, just kind of, you know, reeds blowing in the wind, Lord. And, uh, and we pray today uh, that you would be and minister uh, to those folks who need comfort and care today. Uh, we pray, Lord, today that if we have that in our heart, some storm going on, that you would come and minister to us in our heart, that you would be that, that calming of the storm. And Father God, we just uh, thank you that we can come here as your disciples, come here as folks who are trying to learn, who are seeking truth, who, who, have, who, have, who have seen this epiphany that you provided for us on the cross and then want to follow you, Lord. And we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be soft and pliable, not hard and brittle, but that you could just you know, pry open those concealed areas of our lives, Lord, and have us holistically. 
and, uh, and heal us holistically and let us just honor you and glorify you, Lord. Uh, sometimes it seems impossible with crooked lips to praise you, uh, yet you promise your spirit and your spirit can proclaim you profoundly. And we pray today, Lord, that this space, that this sanctuary, this time would, be dwell, would, would dwell richly with your spirit, Lord, and that we would each and all know that you are our Savior. And uh, we love you and thank you and give you praise and glory and honor because you are worthy. Amen. So, uh, so that's what we're talking about, is being a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to read, uh, if you turn in your Bibles, to Matthew uh, 28, 16 through 20. If you're using our Bibles in the chairs there, it's 694, page 694. You've all heard this before, I'm sure. And uh, we're just going to read it together. This is the very end of the Gospel of, M- of Matthew we're talking about this morning. And this is what it says. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and, bapt- go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And this little thing, and you can, if you have a Bible that has a little note, you know, mine says the Great Commission right about it. This, this thing becomes this kind of uh, uh, pivotal moment in the lives of the followers of Jesus. And those guys who were there at the cross when he died and who are here now when he resurrected, and he's standing there and he gives them this great command, this great commission. And, uh, and so we're just going to spend some time talking about it. But what's interesting is... Um, First of all, we see that we're going to focus on one particular verse, verse 19 today. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And that right away we're like, all right, cool. Because, you know, if, if you've been around us for a while, you've seen we do baptisms. We have the blessing of baptizing people, and that's great. And so you go, okay, this is cool. This is disciple making, right? Disciple making 101, like that thing said earlier. And so he says, go and make disciples and there's the word disciples. And so it's like, all right, so we're making disciples like we are. We said earlier, methetes, right? Go make disciples. And so I was all excited when I saw that in there. I know, it's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> but it's true. I was like, there, make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. I can't wait to see what the word make means because, you know, I'm a disciple and I was made. I don't know how. So what's the word make mean? And so I looked up the word make. And you know what the word make means? It, it's not really there. <laughs> Make isn't there. The word is disciple. And there it is. Methateo, right? You want to say that? Methateo. Ready? Methateo. See? And that's, that's disciple here. And look what happens right there. You see, discipling here in the Great Commission is not a noun. It's a verb. What? See, you're methetes, but you methateo, Right? And you're like, what are you talking about, man? But it's different. The word is not the same. It's not the same. It's an active word. It's something you do. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> excuse me, it means to be a disciple, <clears throat> excuse me, or to make a disciple. Let me say that again. It means to be a disciple or to make a disciple. But they're both verbs, you see. A noun, you could say, methetes, you are a disciple. That's a noun. But you are being a disciple, metheteo. Do you understand the difference? Does it make sense? It's starting to sound like English, right? I mean, 
But it's different because it's this this active state of being. And Jesus is saying here, go and make disciples of all nations. And, And it's this idea that you are being a disciple and you're making a disciple. It also means to follow instructions, metheteo, and to give instructions. Isn't that interesting? So again, it's an active word. It's not something that you are. You don't wear a badge that says, you know, Bill Dempsey, uh, Matheteo. It doesn't make any sense, you know, unless you're doing it in that moment. It's something that you do. And, and there's a di- distinction there. So the word make is not there. I was hoping, you know, I got to be honest, I was hoping that word make was something about power because, you know, I love the word like power stuff, you know. I love that when Jesus would heal people, he put his hands and it said he would, you know, his hand meant his power, his authority. He would speak into that moment. I thought it's going to be something profound. And I was just stunned to find out that it is a verb, discipleship. Okay. So I want to reread that a minute, because I don't understand in a way why we did it this way, because this would make more sense to me then. In verse 19, go and make, oh, wait, wait, instead of go and make disciples of all nations, maybe we should just say, go and disciple all nations. Do you see the difference? Go and disciple all nations. That's what he's saying. But it's a both and. You have to be a disciple to make a disciple. And that's what it, it's all, it's all twisted up there. So here, here's, it's, this is so easy. I, this is like the easiest thing ever. We've got to figure it out. Okay, you ready? Go make disciples of all nations. He's telling you what to do. And he tells us how to do it. And I called it the discipleship two-step. Right? So we pull that up. And it, it's this. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Check. <laughs> and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And it's just that simple. Look how easy that plan is. There you go. The rest of the, the, rest of the church's life, that's all you got to do. Baptize, teach, baptize, teach, baptize, teach. So you just go, get, you know, like that. And then you teach, 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 right? Isn't that how it works? Yes? <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the two steps. Two steps. Well, so, okay. So I'm going to show you another Greek word. Baptizo. Baptizo. This is the word I get hung up on a little bit, okay? And baptizo means to dip. That's what it means, to dip, right? And so you, that's what we do. We immerse, right? And we talk about how we're going to baptize here because we don't have a pool to get baptized, you know, right? But it's not all that baptizo means. Baptizo means to dip, but it also means uh, to cleanse through repeated, continuous dipping. And I put on there, wash, rinse, repeat. Hey, I'll tell you a real, a real story. Whenever I was a kid, um, I don't know how old I was. I was probably eight or nine. <clears throat> and I was in the shower, taking a very long shower, because that's what young people do, right? <laughs> and my stepfather's being there, you know, get out of the shower, you know? Uh, and, um, and I'm in there oblivious, like my son is now. <laughs> I'm being on the door, get out of the shower. And I actually took a moment to read the back of the VO5 bottle. Now, this is back in like the 70s, right? And I'm, I'm reading the back of this bottle in the shower because I'm not paying a water bill. <laughs> and I'm reading it. And it says on there, it says lather, right? And it says rinse. And, and then it says repeat. And as, even as a young man, I thought, I'm never going <laughs> to You know? Because I, I tried it. I had never done it before. Had you ever actually followed the instructions? I had never followed the instructions. And so I would, I would lather up my hair, you know? And then I rinsed my hair. And then I lathered up my hair, and guess what happened the second time? It was sudsier. 
Have you had this? And then I kept going, and I really thought, and I probably did it like three or four times before I, you know, just realized my stepfather and my mom was going to kill me because I wasn't getting out of the shower. And, uh, and it's the funniest thing. They've kind of changed it now. It says repeat as necessary on the bottle <laughs> because there was probably some kid who was in the shower for like 24 hours or something washing and rinsing his hair. That would be me. But it is this idea of cleansing, of, of, of repeated, of continuous. And I thought, well, I want to show you. I got an, I got an idea. This morning, I brought something I want to show you. <clears throat> because there's something that, it, 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 sometimes we think, you know, we do a good job of baptizing, right? You do it one time, you know, and that's what we do. And, uh, and we're pretty good at that. And I wanted to show you this. I had this idea. Hang on a second. Um, we'll leave this here. So, so say, say this is us here. All the moms are going to love this illustration. And... Um, say, say this is something that, now I, I, you know, I'm a guy, so I'm not sure what makes a good stain. So say that this is something that happens in life like that, you know, and oh goodness sakes, what a mess. Okay, wait. Hang on a second. Okay. We got this here. Oh, wait. Am I doing on the stain so far? Is this going to work? I don't know if it's going to work. This really is one of my shirts, so. <laughs> mm. I'm my biggest loser. It's a big deal. You get a little squeak, you know. Okay, so that's why I plan it that way. So here it is. And, and this is kind of a mess. And so the idea of baptizo here, my, my notes keep falling, is it doesn't mean that we, that we, you know, I'm afraid. See, we do that so well. We just go, okay, you're baptized. You're saved, you're baptized, you're done. But the word baptizo actually means more than that. It means to, to uh, repeatedly kind of keep dipping. It really does mean this in the Greek. I'm not just saying that. It means you keep, oh, this is not going well. Okay, hang on a second. Uh, I thought the illustration would work a little better. Um, I found this, which I thought was pretty, pro, you know, pretty uh, a God thing because it's, it's joy. Um, no, I'm serious. Because you know this is actually, the, this is discipleship as well. It's, it's Jesus, others, and yourself, right? So that's how we do discipleship. So I'm going to put a little of this in here. And, 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 and this isn't going to come out, right? I mean, this, this isn't going to come out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take years. Years. Years of dipping. See, now this starts to get closer to the point of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Because he's saying, go into all the nations and baptize them. Continuously dip them. Again, and again, it's this immersive experience. The Greek really means continue, always, again. It's never finished. You're dipping, you're dipping, you're dipping, you're immersing, you're immersing, you're immersing. Now, here's the problem. If you've ever been one of those people in churches that responds to every altar call, that was me, right? Every time there was a call, come forward if you want to know Jesus is your Savior. I was down front. Not every time. Because times I would say, I'm not going today, Lord. You know, this is ridiculous. But I started to realize something that every day in my life, I need to be dipped again. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I need to be renewed again every day. And just washed again every day. And there's something about this that Jesus, in his final words to the disciples on earth, proclaims as necessary. 
every day baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we, we try to do. And so how do you do that? It becomes my question then. How do we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? And what does all that mean? Creating environments, you know, immersible environments. I put that on your next steps, you know. Creating an immersible environment. I, I was thinking, um, we kind of do that here a little bit. We have time that's set aside for learning and for worshiping and for gathering together. And we, and we do other things here. We say, how are you doing? How's it going? How have things been? And hopefully do that through the week. Part of our, our model of family groups is a midweek touch. We, we want to journey together, and we can't do that once a week. It just becomes too inconsistent and chaotic. And so something about continuously creating these environments, one of my favorite things about family groups is they happen in homes. And, and if you open your home up to someone or someone's opening their home to you, it's a blessing to just to be received there, isn't it? Nothing quite feels like your home, but you know, if you hang around long enough, you start to get really immersed in that family environment. You start to get really immersed in those folks' children. You start to get really immersed in the prayer concerns and the burdens of their heart. And you start to really, really realize that again, you're being baptized. Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to go through here, see, in the name of onoma is another Greek word. I'm not going to show that one to you, but in the name of, it's, it's everything that has to do with a name, you know. I, it's, it's so funny to have a name, name heritage and to be in a name. I don't know if you have name pride. You know, we're, we're in Highland, right? There's a lot of name pride around here, a lot of name recognition that goes on, you know. And, um, but there's something about, you represent everything that family's about. An interesting story or an interesting fact about myself is I happen to be the last Dempsey in my bloodline that I can figure out. I've looked back several generations. I'm, I'm the last Dempsey because of the whole boys keep their names and girls lose their names thing, which Chris isn't super excited about because she says, I'm a horseman, <laughs> right? But, but, but there's, I'm, all of a sudden I have this realization that I can transform who the Dempseys are in the name of. And it may be the same with you, or it might be different. You might have to bear the burden of that name. That goes with it too. When, you, when you're baptized, continually baptized, immersed, dipped repeatedly in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you are continually being rinsed clean in this triune God. You're dipped into Pater, the Father, the Creator, the Originator, the, the very one who spoke and everything existed. In his name, under his umbrella, we call ourselves adoptive sons, adoptive daughters of the King. I mean, there is no greater name you can take than disciple of Jesus Christ. You were baptized into the son, the huyos, right? And that's just the one who came, like I said earlier, he wasn't uh, some, he didn't float when he walked. He walked. He had dirty feet. You know how we know? Because people were washing them, right? I mean, he was a real deal God who was here to say something that we'd all forgotten, which is God loves you right where you are. And we always find ourselves saying, oh, Lord, how could you leave me here? And God says, I've never left you for a moment. And we have that promise here in the Great Commission. And so you, you're baptized in the name of the Son, the very human but yet very God, godly person of Jesus Christ, God himself. And then uh, the one that we probably talked least about, right? The hagios pneuma, right? The, the spirit, but not just the spirit, 
the holy one. Pneuma, like pneumatic tires on a dolly, you know, that are filled with air. And this is something. And, and when Jesus says this, it's profound because the spirit has not yet come, right? He's saying this in of, of Matthew, and we don't have the spirit until Acts, whenever the, the, uh, the spirit comes. And so here, here's Jesus proclaiming, proclaiming the need for a triune God. And here he is, so he's saying, when you do this, baptize, dip repeatedly, and in the name of, under all authority, power, everything that you have, it's about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, every time, over and over. Now, I'll tell you, when we baptize, we say those words. We do say those words. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because it's so important, because it's far too easy to say, well, I get, I get this one, but not that one. I get that one, but not this one. And it's like, no, 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 this is a holistic journey you're on with Jesus Christ. And we're being baptized into their name. Something else that's interesting that happens as well is we're baptized not just into the name, but we're baptized into a community of believers. This is why a lot of churches have membership on baptism. You get baptized, you're a member. You're baptized into the body. But I'm saying not the local C, not the little C church, right? We're the little C church here, Family Bible. There's a big C church corporate, the big church, the church that's the bride of Christ, the one that Jesus loves so much, he gave his life for it. And, and that's the one we have to be always careful not to disparage because have you ever talked about somebody's wife? It's a good way of getting a fight, isn't it? And I don't want to get in a fight with the Lord Jesus. There's a big seed church and God is doing amazing things all over the world, all over the world to those that he loves and calls his own. And so we're baptized, not just into the name, but into this community that has this name of Jesus Christ, a disciple, a follower of the king, baptized into the community. But there's another, a third definition for baptizo, right? And, it, and it's this. <laughs> this is really to overwhelm. To overwhelm. And that's, that's a crazy word, isn't it? When, when, whenever you make disciples, he's saying, overwhelm them. Just, have you ever been overwhelmed in your life? You know, I'm not saying if you've been held down in a pool. You know, I've had that happen to me before. The joke gets old really quick, right? But, but there is this thing. You might find yourself overwhelmed with the circumstances of life or overwhelmed with what you're facing, but there's this thing of being overwhelmed in the beauty and awe of the great God. Just being, just surrounded, just isn't it interesting that he created everything for us? He created everything that we might dwell in it. Right now, you are immersed, you are living in the very world that God spoke into existence, and yet, how many of us act like we, uh, we're under there, we're scuba Steve or whatever his name is, and we got our, we're, we're doing this, right? No. No. Being overwhelmed. The word is different than to dip. There's another idea here, and I want to show you this one more thing. It's overwhelmed. What does it mean to be overwhelmed by something? To be completely just inundated with it. And, and uh, it comes from a funny place. It comes from this, uh, <clears throat> this, this uh, guy who lived 200 B.C., right? I'm going to read this here. Because, you know, the words, some people say, well, that, that's not really what baptism is. It's, it's just the dipping. You know, just get people wet, and that's what it's about. But there's actually uh, extra-biblical information on this, right? And it says that um, there was a word bapto, and bapto meant to dip, right? That's what bapto meant. But baptizo means to dip and to dip and to dip and to dip. Check it out. 
says, the clearest example, this came from crosswalk.com, by the way. If you want a Bible study tool, it's a brilliant place to go and look at Bible study tools. The clearest example shows the meaning of, of baptizo is from the Greek poet and physician Nysander, who lived in 200 B.C., and he did this, he taught us this difference between bapto and baptizo in a recipe for making pickles. How crazy is that? Pickle recipe helps define what the text means, right? And then what he says is, he says, in order to make a pickle, you see, the first thing that you should do is you should dip, you should bapto the pickle into boiling water, right? And so you, one time. And then after you've dipped it one time in boiling water, it should be baptized in the vinegar solution. Both the verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in a solution, but the first immersion, it's a temporary one. It just happens one time, just once. But the second one, they just live in it. They just, they just stay in it, in the solution. It's permanent. It's, it's, it's a, a constant dwelling. Is this making sense? And what happens is the, the cucumber, right, is completely changed. It's completely changed. It's like a whole different thing. It's kind of still the same though, but it's completely changed. says, when the word, when the new, when they use the New Testament, the word more often refers to our union and identification with Christ. You see, that's where this constantly being identified with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Constantly having a new family name. You're not the same anymore. You're being transformed into the very likeness of Jesus Christ. This is more like it. This is more like baptizo from the Great Commission. That's pretty good. <laughs> this biggest loser diet is killing me. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm so hungry. All right, pickles in breakfast. Um, being baptized again and again, you're completely transformed. Isn't it funny? Do you think this is at all ridiculous that we learn something about the gospel through a pickle recipe from an ancient poet? <laughs> I love it, right? And so you're being dipped. You're being dipped. That's our prayer, is you're being dipped. And the second part is this, didasco, being a teacher or teaching. And it's, again, this is a verb that has the same idea. It's both and. You're teacher and you're teaching. And by the way, if you're a college student, there's what's called a prerequisite. And the prerequisite to teach is to be a follower. That's a pretty low standard, right? But that's what it is. So if you're a teacher, you're going to be a follower first. You're going to be a learner first. So you're going to be a disciple, learner, and then a teacher, didasco. And this last part I want to share with you from this, this little verse here. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Commanded there. Uh, Entelomai is another Greek word I wanted to show you this morning. Right? And, and uh, it's commanded or given orders. It's a, it's a very simple thought. And so he's saying, whenever you, whenever you baptize, you dip repeatedly in the name of the Father. You create these environments, these immersive environments. By the way, a great idea of that is like a, a trip out of the country to serve someone else. You know, I just watched last night someone went to China. Unbelievable transformation potential because you're immersed in an environment. This is then teaching them everything I've commanded you. Now, here's a pop quiz. We've been talking about these, right? What, what, was, what, was, what did Jesus command us to do? 
Okay? Specifically, yes, from this verse, but where else do we hear a command from the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that it? Love one another? What was it? You're close? Huh? Yeah, deny ourselves to go across the That's true. Love, what is it? Yes. Right, right. And that's exactly it. Love God, we say. Love people. This is the teaching of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the only place I found this idea of, uh, of, of following, um, of Jesus explicitly saying this word command, I command you, he says, I command you to love each other. Man, it's the hardest thing ever, right? Sometimes we're having a conversation about love. What does it even mean? This other thing we have here, love God, love people, it's called the great commandment, right? That's our, our, our verbiage for it. And so here's what we have. We have the great commission that says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. And then we have Jesus saying, love the God, Lord your God with all your high heart, mind, body, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In these two things, you sum up the totality of the law, he says. And then he says specifically in another place, I command you to love each other. Now here's the problem. The problem is, until you know Jesus, you can't really love anyone. I mean, we think we love people, and we do love people, but it's not the same love. And, uh, and, and it's hard to explain that other than just to know this true, because the love that we find in Jesus Christ is not like the love that we have for each other, because it's pure, it's complete. It lacks nothing. The love that we hear often so much in weddings and stuff is the love of God for us, a profound love. And so that's where we are as disciples, to know Jesus. We are then empowered to love. We're empowered to love God, and we're empowered to love others. Pray with me if you would. Father God, today I pray that we would know this power, that we would know this need, this ability uh, to love. And, and Lord, maybe we've got some really screwed up ideas. Maybe we've got some really contorted, twisted views of what love is because of, of something in the way we were raised or something in, in, in the way that we're in a relationship right now and, and, we, and we put this love label on it, God, and it, it's just not what you had in mind for us. Pray today, Father, that uh, your Holy Spirit would indwell us so richly that we'd be overwhelmed with the true love, the love of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that then everything would be transformed from the inside out. And, uh, Oh, you do such great work, and uh, you're worthy not because you do it, but because of who you are. And I, I, just, uh, I just thank you and honor you for that. Today, Lord, if there are, are um, hearts that are burdened, hearts that are, that are weak today, hearts that are gonna, about to break, that you would be the great healer, the great mender of souls. Do your work among us. Have your way with us, Lord, and may we always lay it down. We thank you and we give you these prayer requests and these concerns and these praises through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what it is. The command is to love one another. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, you're missing the best thing going. The best thing going. It's a love you didn't earn, but you get. You know, a love you can't improve on. You can only dwell in it. And so I'm going to ask today that if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, you can do it right where you're at. 
If you want to come down and pray with me, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to wait and pray with someone else, pray with someone else. But, but you know what? Don't put it off because you're only prolonging your suffering. He's waiting for you. And uh, I'm going to invite you all to uh, stand as we close and sing. But if you want to come and pray, come and pray. 